Have we done this before? <laughs> uh, mic checks? No, just podcasting. Like as a way to start the episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Podcasting in general. But yeah. No? I don't think I have. Interesting. No. Well, what is it? How's it work? You see, you ever heard of these like pods? They're like tiny homes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the storage units? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Let, yeah, I don't know. I've heard them. I've heard like these little like this new tiny home trend, though, like being called a pod, too. But sure, we can pretend it's a storage unit. I mean, let's, let's do that. A tiny home is pretty much just like a storage unit with a few other things added. Kind of. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so you grab a fishing rod and then you hook that on to the storage shed. And when you, you know, throw it forward with your fishing line, you are podcasting. That makes sense. And then you also yeah. have an ocean side home or well, not really ocean side. I guess just an ocean <laughs> home. ocean home, <laughs> underwater home. Yeah. <laughs> and all your stuff is wet. And you know what's above you? Layers upon layers of water. One could even say layer by layer of water. Oh, is that what we're going to call this podcast? Yeah. Layer by layer, because we cast our pod into the ocean. This is kind of psychedelic. Is this like the the psychedelic episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's it. You got it. Uh, and cool. we created a subreddit, all, all for this tiny home movement. Uh, it's called <laughs> reddit.com slash r slash tiny home um but if you get bored of that you can go to layer by layer uh which also works <laughs> there's gotta be a subreddit for that i'm sure there um, is. <laughs> i think it was yeah. a safe a safe bet it's it's kind of it's kind of like the rule 34 of reddit if it exists <laughs> there's a subreddit of it yes um <laughs> today is tuesday october 1st by the time you're hearing this it'll most likely be a friday uh whether or not it's the Friday after we record or another Friday. Oh, uh, we should. You got to be confident, man. You got to commit yourself to, to the editing life and just say this. It's it is October 4th. OK, fine. It's October 4th. <laughs> oh, you're going to look like such an idiot. <laughs> Have you ever played the game uh, Baba is you? No. I've Have you not. heard of Baba is you? No. I was just thinking about this recently. It's a game where uh, you play as like a little, I don't know, like rabbit or something. And it's like a 2D game and you like push around boxes. But the boxes say stuff like uh, like they're like words and you like change the game by pushing the boxes around. Uh, so like, okay. like if you want to win, you can just like you are you can have it say Baba is you. So that's like three boxes. Baba is you. And then you can. You can push like is and win underneath Baba so that it also says Baba is win and then you just beat the level. All right. We should create a Baba cube. <laughs> where the goal is just to like get it to to win you the cube like the cube is solved based on like Baba is you parameters. So each each cube like each each sticker has a different like Baba word on it. And then <laughs> And then you you make sentences. Can we just get like Cube ninety nine first? The Battle Royale <laughs> game. I feel like the Baba is Cube. That's what it's called. Baba is Cube. I feel like Baba is Cube is more doable to be honest, because it would just be like a sticker, custom sticker set. Yeah, but I whatever effort anyone goes and does to make this could have been effort used to make cubing Battle Royale. That's a good point. And it might take like you know, a thousand sticker sets worth of effort, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> yes. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> that popped into my head as we started recording. Uh, that was completely unplanned. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a weird episode. Um, also, <laughs> we, we, we should mention that our oh, logo right. <laughs> for this show was made by the wonderful Sarah Olson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey, speaking of other unplanned things uh, that just popped into my head, uh, I was looking at like the WCA statistics Facebook page recently and just seeing so how many times you would like find a flaw in how someone did um, like found some statistic by using Lauren because of her <laughs> last name changing. Yeah. Yes, I was. 
now we can, we can also have Sarah to do that with as a, yep. <laughs> as a, like, did you get the statistic correct check? <laughs> well, yeah. Cause like sometimes they just pick, they do it correctly, but they pick like the old name instead of the new name when they display mm-hmm. the results. But sometimes it's because they treated like anyone who changed their name as two different people. Yeah. <laughs> so like, the, the per, when you change your name, the old person like stops existing and you're a new person or you combine <laughs> the results. I mean, it just goes to show how, how like how few cubers there are who have changed names uh, and also been like significantly involved in the cubing community, at least. Yeah, um, I mean, it goes to show you how a large chunk of the cubing community is like under 18. Under 18 and also male. So like if they get married, they don't change their name as often. It's 2019, man. We can all I'm, change our names. I'm not saying I you changed can't. my name. I'm, I'm all for that. You did? What? Yeah. Little known fact. Little known fact. I am a born Christopher. Oh, and you actually changed it to Kit. It's not just like a nickname now. I mean, yeah, it's so it was a nickname for like 25, 26 years of my life. Okay. Um, because I've never gone by Christopher in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, other than like a condescending one, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it just became super annoying. Cause like people would buy me, like there was one time I was going on a trip with people and they bought me an airline ticket for kit mm. and it was just like, well, too late now because like they had only sent me the email of like the confirmation after it was, cause like there's a 24 hour window where you can make changes like that. Mm-hmm. And it was after the 24 hour window when I found out. Yeah, I guess it would be a lot more convenient to just yeah. have your name be the thing everyone calls you. Yeah, you know, um, pro tip to anyone who's planning on having kids, which is, you know, clearly 90% of our podcast listeners are you know, <laughs> thinking about doing this in the near future. Yeah. Um, so whatever you do, if you're going to call your kid a name, that should be their legal name. That's a good point. Yeah. Like it, it's such a pain in the because <laughs> like even even after I've changed it, uh, there's still annoying things I have to deal with. Did I ever tell you that my uh, legal name is actually Andromedus? No. Yeah, it's uh, Andromedus Pockets. I kept the pockets for my YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just changed. The, I actually changed my last name. My first name's still Andromedus. Is uh, your middle name colorful? Yes. It's Andromedus Colorful Pockets, but I changed it to Nathanson because it sounded Oh, it, it's literally colorful. I was just asking if you had a colorful name. Oh, no, yeah, it's that too. I always write it with a rainbow pen. We should probably do something about this podcast that we have to record. Maybe like talk uh, yeah. about things that are remotely interesting to people. Uh, like, like, uh, Four by four. What is that? Is is it like a plank of wood? Yeah. Okay. Um, I prefer balsa most of the time. It's not the oh, strongest, okay. but it's yeah. cheap. I'm a pine kind of guy. That makes sense. I, I can see that. <laughs> it's a Northwest thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to be honest, it's what I expected. You can take from that what you will. Um, <laughs> how about four by four cubes, though? We talked oh, about right. this. A little bit on the last episode or maybe the episode before about how Sebastian Weyer broke the four by four single world record. And then all of a sudden, like it's been broken again. And right. That happened. Yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> yeah. By him. Right. Yeah. I think Se- 1742. I'm, yeah. And let me tell you something, a little something I heard at my last competition this mm-hmm. past weekend. All right. All right. Max Park is coming for four by four. Oh, is he? If you look at his results, they were pretty good. Like he got a 21.8 or something average. Okay. But I've heard that he's been getting 15 singles at home. Like, and, and that he's and he's averaging sub world record, I believe, at home. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Expect some four by four stuff soon, hopefully. Man, you can't, you can't let Sebastian just have any fun, can he? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> so, like I was t- I was talking to um, Kevin uh, about, uh, you know, like the two through seven relay 
and he was saying like man two through seven relay was was just a game man like it was it was all about like the youtube vids (laughs) then max had to break it like seven times and now it's go it's gone yep (laughs) and yet here we are again about to be yeah put in the max parking lot once again (laughs) hey i mean he already has four by four world record average so like it's not going to be that different fair yeah i just wanted to issue my good prediction of the day that max will break some four (laughs) by four records soon (laughs) but those aren't those aren't part of this podcast (laughs) there's a (laughs) there's a quality level we strive for here at layer by layer and good is not that level of quality. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of things that are really bad, um, <laughs> we both we we talked about this. Uh, we recorded the last episode, I guess, before we did this competition. Mm-hmm. FMC North America West. Oh yeah, that was a thing. The world's first one day competition with three rounds of fewest moves. Yeah, my singles were twenty five, twenty four. And my singles were also 24, 25. That was the end of a sentence. I don't know where my bell is. (laughs) (laughs) So that first sentence didn't trigger the bell is what you're telling me. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) You were supposed to have like looked this up and been able to guess by now. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. All right, we'll save it for the first topic, I guess. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I, I just wanted to, this was a good opportunity for me to try something out. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm assuming that when I said 25, 25, then 24, that it didn't trigger the bell. Yeah, that that's right. Okay. All right. I think we got this then. Uh <laughs> You also didn't. Did you get a 24 or a 25? I got both. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that there was anybody who did that well um, on any solve. Well, unfortunately, they were uh, they were terrible means. Uh, Yes. Well, the thing is, every single person at this competition had terrible means all the time, except for like Kevin Matthews, who doesn't who's like canadian uh, and also doesn't really do fmc that much Um, then be fighting words man (laughs) but yeah just no one did well i did really badly largely because i'm out of practice i think but yeah the scrambles were just awful they i think there were two good scrambles five slightly below average scrambles and two trash scrambles that's pretty much everyone at my at my location after the competition. We were discussing that, and we came to that same conclusion. Where there was two good scrambles, two horrible scrambles, and then the rest of them. The thing is, the rest weren't average. They were all below average. Yeah, not like not like scrambles that you'd be like, "Wow, that was bad," but just being like, "Eh, I didn't have yeah, a good time." It was just more like there's nothing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought the two good scrambles were. Round one, scramble two, and ran, round two, scramble one. Okay, let me look up my results. I don't remember <laughs> that well. I didn't take notes. Okay. Um, but I think I'll remember if I look at my results, because I remember what, what result I got on the ones I thought were good. It's been so long since this comp. I've been wanting to talk to you about this comp for so long, and now I barely remember anything about it. Yeah, it's funny. We, we're actually like re- recording and releasing these on a decent clip now, but... That doesn't mean we're recording them at all uh, yeah. like near when they're released. Right. So I remember there's something good in the first round. Yes. Uh, I think it was the second scramble. I thought the first scramble was okay. Yeah. And the second scramble was, oh, was that it? Or was it the third scramble? I really want to go find my results now, but I, or like my scratch paper now, but I don't <laughs> know where it is. Um, it was either the second scramble or the third scramble of round one. I had one of the best skeletons I've ever had in an official attempt. Hmm but literally the worst insertions I've ever had. It was probably two. Yeah. I still, so I still thought it was like a good scramble. Mm-hmm. I just got really unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a 29, but I believe that was off of a 14 moves to three edges, three corners. Gotcha. Um, and that was like pretty much, I think that was human optimal. <laughs> I put it into IF and it got like a 27 or something, but it was canceling like 10 moves on a 10 move corner com or something ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
Um, so you want to hear what my ske- my skeletons were for all of these? Yeah. All yeah. right. So first I DNF'd. Um, I think it was like 21 to 5 that I did last minute. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I found a... Like I, I wrote down a 33 very quickly. Like I did insertion one the, the at the end of the skeleton, there was a pure comp. So I just wrote it down and it was going to try to find mm-hmm. something that canceled better uh, with remaining time. And I did that and I wrote it down and didn't have enough time to check the new one. So I had this like, do I turn in a 33 that I know works or do I turn in a 31 that I haven't had time to check? And I tried the 31. It was a DNF because I missed a prime. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I, that's like that's pretty rare for me. So I, I'm usually pretty confident in my ability to write FMC solutions. But in hindsight, it would have been a lot smarter given that it was a three round comp to just take the safety when it's 31 versus 33. Yeah, I mean, it was the first round, so not a big deal. Yeah, it ended up not mattering. OK, scramble two was 18 to three. OK, that's good uh, for 24. The third scramble was trash. <laughs> that was the worst one of the comp, in my opinion. Oh, I strongly disagree with that. Let me go find my notes, oh, actually. I think know I know what? where they are. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go grab those and just check. <laughs> Round one, solve two. I had... Okay. Round one, solve two was not the one. I think it was round one, solve three, where I got my 14 to three, three C. Oh, um, really? I thought round one, solve two was amazing. Uh, round one, solve two was very good. I had a lot of good skeletons. I didn't have any great skeletons. Hmm. I ended up going with a, a 19 to five C. Mm-hmm. Um, although with about 10 minutes left, I went back and looked at a different skeleton I did mm-hmm. and very quickly found a 16 to five C. So that could have been a lot better. I just I didn't quite have time to insert that. So yeah, round one, solve two was probably the best scramble, I would say, of the competition. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was round one, solve three. Very funny skeleton here. I first found a 16 to three E3C. And then as I was inserting it, I was like, wait, I have a place in my skeleton where I do R, U2, D2, L2. So at that point, I just inserted it in E2 Mm -hmm. to cancel with the U2, D2. And that also causes the R to cancel into the L2. So it's inserting two moves, basically, and canceling five. Yeah. Okay. And then I found another place to insert E2 again that fixed the edges and left me with three E3C. Okay. And that only added one more. So all in all, I reduced my skeleton by two moves with some slicey shenanigans. Nice. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. And then it gave me the worst insertions I've ever done. So <laughs> that wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my first round was the DNF on the, on the poor choice, 18 to three for 24. And then I think on the third scramble, I just kind of gave up a little bit too, cause I okay. wasn't finding much and <laughs> knew it didn't matter. On the third scramble, I have like an entire page of single, like, like single lines, like five moves or whatever starts mm-hmm. i tried like 30 starts or something before i finally found the one that led to that scramble scramble three scramble three yeah, yeah the one okay. you didn't like so i also i found nothing and then i got lucky once basically yeah and i think honestly i just knowing that i had dnf 24 that there was very little i could do to improve my results i think for the most part i was trying to like hope for a short skeleton so like i wasn't looking deep on anything i was trying to just look for the first thing that could happen makes sense um because i knew that i was just like "Eh, pb single or bust right now i guess what did you think of round one solve one did you say um you like that one or not it was okay it had a lot of starts i remember that there being there were just a crazy amount of four move eos or fewer yeah i thought that one was totally acceptable almost all of them had no pairs um (laughs) i guess so yeah Yeah. I, i thought that one was a really like totally acceptable scramble i found like yeah seven different skeletons none of which were great but all of which were decent yeah it was just one of those scrambles where i was just paralyzed with way too many things to check yeah yeah uh and felt like i didn't have enough time to check everything that was in front of me overall though i think that round one was the nicest round of this competition maybe yeah (laughs) I, i think there was no putrid scramble in round one agreed yeah 
Then round two happened. <laughs> and round two, I started off with uh, 19 to 3 for 25. I'm trying to find mine here. <laughs> I found everything except solve one of round two. I don't know. I got a 31, though, so I obviously didn't do anything great. Yeah. Well, my second solve was 21 to three corners. Or no, 20, okay. 23 to three corners for a 29. How about your third solve, though? Oh, God. That was one of the worst scrambles I've ever seen. That, that I think that round two, solve three was the worst scramble of the entire competition. Uh, I don't agree. I think, well, let's see. No, I found decent stuff on round two, solve three. Mm. Um, I, did I think that mine mine was, I think, round three, solve two was my least favorite. I know it's going to be, I apologize to the listeners. It's kind of hard to keep track of all these things with all these similar numbers. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything of note to say about round round two. My, my solves were just all kind of meh. The one thing I will say about round rounds one and two that I think really made a contribution to me winning in the final. Um, okay. My 24, I handed in with 40 minutes to go. Okay. <laughs> my 25, I handed in with about 20 minutes to go. This is a competition where you get 15 minute breaks in between attempts. I needed oh, breaks. Oh, so you had a long time to... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Relax. Uh-huh. I did not feel fatigued when I made it to the final. I felt still very fresh. And I think that taking the 24 and 25 in those cases, rather than spending time trying to improve on that, that FMC result, you know, I might have maybe passed away a better result, but like 90% of the time I wouldn't find anything better. Yeah, um, yeah, especially with with limited time left. I, I don't know how much. I mean, I'm sure fatigue played in for a lot of people to the seeming decrease in, in quality of results as the day went on. Yeah, I don't know that it did for me personally. Like, I feel like it didn't, but it probably did. Like my my last round re- uh, results were really bad. Solve two was fine. It was a 28 for me, mm-hmm. uh, but then I had a 33 and a 40. Yeah, um, both of those were just like I didn't find anything at all. Yeah, and I, I think I think that 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 last solve of round three. Now that I'm looking at my notes, is actually the one that I liked the least. Hmm. But that's also the last solve of a long day, so it's hard to say whether it was actually a really bad scramble. Yeah, totally. Or... My uh, my you want to hear more about my skeletons? Yeah, my twenty nine was off twenty three to three corners. <laughs> my twenty seven was off twenty to three corners. I am seeing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, that was the end of it, though. I had five of nine three three C skeletons, though. Nice. I don't think I had any. It was ridiculous. Like I don't know <laughs> why I was running into three C so much. <laughs> like I don't know. It was weird. Uh, the thirty I had was like twenty to four. I think. Uh, like I I knew that. Um, I, I think I had a lead going into the final scramble. Mm-hmm. uh yes yeah, definitely yeah i did yeah by like a huge lead yeah i mean um brandon had no I, brandon was ahead of me at 28 27 but he dnf the third oh okay uh and theo wasn't far behind with uh 33 26 given that how long of a day it had been i was like eh you know a 30 might be enough it's at least podium i was pretty sure so mm-hmm. and Ended up winning, which is ridiculous, but here we are. <laughs> Honestly, that felt like one of the most undeserved comp wins I've ever had. I mean, everyone did badly, so it's not like... I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the thing. Like, I do well on bad, bad scrambles relatively. That's... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You like, always find something. That's... Like, I, I rarely hit home runs in FMC. I don't know. Like, my... My, for how many FMC attempts that I've done, my uh, twenty anything under twenty six for me is incredibly rare. And like, I got twenty four and twenty five because I ran into three corners twice in the same comp. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a very uh, lucky comp for me in that way. Um, unlucky that I had the twenty four with two DNFs and the twenty five with a thirty nine in the same meme. <laughs> yeah (laughs) um and yeah the 39 i uh i found that's i remember round two scramble three i just ran into five corners that was not two comms about like six times and it was just like what is going on 
during this whole competition, I actually, a lot of my solves were like weird three com skeletons. Mm. Like short to three comms, basically. Yeah, I think I did a like two twisted uh, three cycles. So like bad six C, but like not the worst six C because two twisted three cycles actually gives you a ton of options for first insertion. So it ends up being almost as good as untwisted um, in my experience, at least. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, and I, and I did a weird five C as well. And I did a few like edges and corners insertions. Hmm. Maybe that was just because I'm out of practice and I like wasn't doing well enough to get the more consistent skeletons. Right. Or it's just because the scrambles were weird and the more consistent skeletons didn't appear. <laughs> hey, man, I found five three-corner skeletons. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so dumb. Uh, overall, what did you think of the competition? Never doing it like, again. Would you do that style? Oh, no? No. Oh, come on. It wasn't, worth, it wasn't worth it. It really... I thought it was pretty worth it. I mean, it was worth it to and do I didn't once. even do anything good. <laughs> uh, I just... To me, like, the fact that I am turning in solutions early because I know I'm going to be tired of FMC by the end of the day tells me that there's too much FMC in one day. <laughs> That's a fair argument. Like, I think two means in one day is plenty, or if you want to do three means across two or three days, sure. They have a saying in my hometown, uh, which is get good um well unfortunately i am applies here i'm i'm an old man now so i i it's hard for me to get good when i just get tired that's fair <laughs> um but yeah i thought it was a pretty good competition overall um i'd do it again i don't know if I'd, i i like if somebody else was organizing it maybe i'd do it again <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think anyone is going to organize it and like put a location in Portland for me so I can do it. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, it's different running the show rather than being like just a, a one of the locations. Yeah, yeah. So but at the same time, it's just kind of like this isn't worth it. I, I honestly think if, if you're going to try to do FMC within one day, that two means is plenty for one day. We had some interesting incidents that happened. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> do we want to talk about any of those? Uh, Sure. Let's do it. Let's see. Who was it who like did the same scramble twice without realizing? Well, it wasn't I, that one. It wasn't the same scramble twice in a row, though. It was somebody uh, flipped over the wrong scramble for one of the attempts. And then and it was an attempt they'd already done. Yeah. And they didn't. And somehow it. they did it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is just really funny to me. Yeah. Like, but the, so it was it was on scramble two dash three. So round two, scramble three. And the scramble that they redid for instead of two dash three was one dash two. Oh, wow. OK. So, I mean, it's been three scrambles in between those two attempts. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I guess I could I could understand not recognizing it being the same scramble for someone who isn't as into fmc i guess because like if it were me i would recognize like oh i'm going through all the same patterns i recognize this yeah i would recognize like these these eos seem familiar yeah i it wouldn't it wouldn't be right away i'd probably have to look through it a bunch because you know my initial scans aren't super specific but as soon as i started building whatever i thought was the best thing and then it ended up going the exact same way and like i would move on to the exact same next thing because my process is is pretty consistent for FMC. Mm -hmm. um, then I'd probably look at the scramble thing, the scramble sheet and be like, oh no, what have I done? Yeah, so that was weird. And the hard part about it too is that like, you could justify giving an extra there, but the first scramble of the next round was going to start in 30 minutes. So there was no time yeah. to give an extra. And the regs prevent you from like going back to a round that previously once the next one is started it was kind of a weird situation where it was like well i guess we'll do the extra later because we don't have time for it you know we should have just delayed the whole competition for an hour now that i think of it i don't think anyone would have minded <laughs> yeah i mean it, in retrospect that might have been better um it was originally it was communicated though that um the scramble that was duplicated was round two scramble two. So like they just literally picked up the same scramble and did it again. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I thought happened. Yeah. And that's, that's what was communicated to me when it did happen. And I'm like, there's no way that we can like allow that. <laughs> like how do you not <laughs> notice that? And I don't know. 
it seemed weird, but like I could, uh, I, I can understand it when there's like a miscommunication about which slip is the right scramble. Yeah. Um, but, and then you get one from forever ago. I was joking about delaying the whole competition, but now that I think about it, it might've been a welcome break. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people too, cause the, the schedule is broken up into three attempts, lunch, four attempts, dinner, two attempts. I think it probably would have made more sense in retrospect to put the dinner break between the rounds. Yeah, it would have just been um, a very long or very early dinner. Yeah, I think that would have been preferable, though, because as it was, um, I don't know, it just feels like it, it would be a better experience. Like, say you got eliminated and wanted to leave, uh, but you wanted to go have dinner with the people at the competition first or something. You have to wait around. Then you had to either wait through a whole attempt or just leave early and not have dinner with everyone. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, the way the schedule would have worked, it would have just been kind of funny because we already had a pr- like the lunch time was already like appropriate. It was like a, it was around um, 1130 to 1245. So if we were to have done that, uh, dinner would have started at about 415 if we were to fit everything in. So eh, I don't know. it just seems really early for dinner, especially when lunch is like on time slash maybe a little on the late side. Yeah, that's I mean, I understand why we did it. And I I agreed with it at the time. It just like felt during the competition a little. It weird. did feel weird. I agree. And kind of like a back to back slog of four attempts was tiring. And also just like having the dinner break to combine that with like the admin stuff you need to do between the attempts could have worked out better. We ha- Yeah, because we ended up having a slightly longer break during uh, the last scramble of round two and the first scramble of round three to like make sure we knew who advanced. Would have been a little more efficient, I guess, if we did it the other way. Well, these are all lessons to take into the next time we do this. <laughs> which, uh, from what I've heard, you said you totally want to do. All right, good. Thanks for agreeing. Is it time for me to guess this bell? Sure. <laughs> that was a weak-ass bell. You got to ring it better than that. It's far away, okay? <laughs> Here, let me... I'm going to put it on the microphone oh God. stand oh God. itself. Headphone warning. Oh, that didn't work. It's not very loud. Hold on. Yeah, it was okay. I'll live with it. Um, so... What is going on? Um... <laughs> <laughs> what uh what the what i believe this is is that uh at the end of a sentence if i have said two numbers in increasing order the bell rings is that a correct bell how vague the bell is just how i say now oh do i have to now guess what is that the next thing is figuring out what the bell word is? Well, it's it's either or no. So and one of those I can say. So you might be able to figure it out there. OK, it must be Tai Chi. Two bells means no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yes, you got it. OK, cool. um, thank you, uh, Reddit, for helping me. Yeah, and I actually like the idea that we should just have the Reddit guess it next time. So yeah, uh, the new bell contest is going to be mostly for the Reddit. Uh, and if you get it right, we'll give you a shout out. Cool. Yeah, we should probably shout out who, uh, the person who figured this out, too. Um, there probably were people that figured out in previous episodes, but uh, UA shall not pass in the most recent episode. Uh, <laughs> <That's yeah. funny. laughs> it actually, I didn't even get it until I said it out loud. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you wish you shall not pass uh, was the one who at least put the guess in the most recent episode. But um, from what I understand, there are people who posed that idea in previous episodes. I'm just not sure which. But uh, yeah, if you can point it out to me, I will gladly shout them out, too. Yeah. Uh, let us know in, in the comments on this one. So from now on, there's going to be a new bell challenge. Uh, I'm just going to start that now mid episode. Oh, boy. So we'll see how that goes. Sweet. You've had this saved up, haven't you? Actually, no, I'm trying to think of one as we speak. <laughs> uh, you got to find one that's like so you, like personal to me. All right. All right. I, I have ideas. I have ideas. I'm going to I'm going to wait until I hear something that like clicks and then I'm just going to ring the bell. And then from then on, I'm going to do it for the same subjective reason. bell. So ringing. I'm gonna, like, I love it. Yeah, I'm just going to discover it naturally this episode. <laughs> what what the bell rings for. I do not know for what the bell tolls, but I know 
that it will. Ah, uh, that's creepy. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so last episode, we had talked about Groupifier in passing. I think you had mentioned that like a lot of people didn't have, like, or you had heard that Groupifier like had people had we. You, I believe you had mentioned. God. <laughs> what did you? What happened? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm having a. Uh, I need water. Uh... <laughs> oh God! Well, <laughs> it's something that just happened in there. Uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it so soon. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um, well, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I can't talk. What am I? This is this podcast is a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> I believe you had mentioned last episode that you had heard of people not having great experiences with group of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the sentence I was trying to say this whole time. Yeah. Except actually I just agreed to it without thinking about it. I believe what actually happened last episode was you said something about group of fire and I was like, what's group of fire. And then you were like, Oh, it's this thing that I've heard other people have had bad experiences with. Uh, <laughs> and now you've convinced yourself that I said that to you. Ah, um, okay. So the question, are you okay, still applies. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anyways, so the, the issue I have with Groupifier is that the methodology it has for sorting people into groups is very limited to me. In that, like, I like some of the methodologies, but I wish that I could mix them up to my own specification for different events. All right. So give me a give me a sense of what we're talking about here. So it, it Groupifier is a tool that just takes the database and sorts people into groups for you and gives you scorecards and all that jazz. Uh, but the options that you have are one official rankings. So this is weird because like basically in all your first rounds, your first group is all new competitors. Mm -hmm. I hate that. Putting all newbies in one group is so stressful. <laughs> like you're just watching every station all the time for crazy stuff to be happening. Yeah. So I, 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 I really don't like this. I prefer groups overall to have a mix of levels of, of ability. Yeah. So I guess the one thing I would say to that is if you group people by ability level, that guarantees that all of the fast people for instance, get the same scrambles. So it kind of makes it like a little bit more fair in that way. Right. In, in some sense of the word. But I think that like for something like three by three round one, that this is awful. Yeah. Because like in three by three round one, if you have a chance to podium, you're making next round. If you're slow enough to worry about not making next round, the scrambles are not the difference. There's a lot of things, like at that level, the scrambles are not the biggest reason why you didn't make the next round. So it's like, to me, I don't, where it, like whatever group, if you sort, if you, all the groups are of different skill levels, whatever group is like the cutoff between making and not making round two, the reasons in which you are not making round two are more on things that you did in the solve. Like, I'm not saying you're bad. It's more that just because like the times are higher, it's just there's more decisions that you are making in the solve that have giant impacts on how fast you're going to solve it, where those sort of decisions you make if you're like 10 seconds faster are not as impactful. Yep, I agree with all that. So, so I just think that it's completely useless to have that sort of idea in, in a round one of three by three. Yeah, in round one of three by three, for sure. In round one of another event where maybe that's the only round, then I think it makes a lot more sense. Oh, yes. If it's the only round, absolutely. The best people should all be in the same group. The only time I think that you can get away with not doing that is if it's five by five and up. Do you include Mega Minx in that? Uh, yes, I usually do just because we don't have to be accurate on the scrambles anyways. Um, And, and sometimes I even include four by four in that group. But I'm starting to believe that we're getting fast enough at 4x4 that it is on the fringe of being maybe sort of kind of scramble dependent. Yeah, I mean, 4x4, it's hard to necessarily predict like what parity will be based on the start of the solve. That's true, But yeah. there are certain cases where it's like maybe there's one obvious thing that you do that always results in the competitor getting parity if they solve it in the most uh, 
like logical way. Yeah, I, it's it's iffy. It's surely iffy. But I've, I, 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 if I'm only having one round of four by four, I sometimes won't put the best people in the same group. It's, mm-hmm. but I probably should. What I think is actually the best way, if you're concerned about like round advancement, so say like if it's event like three blind, I think honestly the best way to group it is to do people that are almost guaranteed to make round two and people that have almost no chance of making round two in the same group. So what you're saying is you leave all the people in the middle who uh, won't necessarily make round two, but won't also be guaranteed not to. Those are the ones who it matters the most to get the same scrambles. Right. Yeah. So it's the the differentiators. Yeah. Basically the people who are closest to the cutoff into the next round, assuming there's two groups, which mostly for me and my experiences with local comps blind is two groups. And I honestly think the best, yeah, that's the best way for, to, in my opinion, to sort three blind is to put the people closest to the round advancement uh, in the same group. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what other ways are there to organize uh, groups in Groupifier? Uh, the next one is called Balanced. And this one will um, put uh, the best people in different groups so that there are good scramblers for each group, but it won't do it for 3 by 3 2 by 2 Pyraminx, and Skub because it assumes you can find good scramblers. But that still creates the problem of 3 by 3 first round is like the first two groups are all newbies. Yeah. <laughs> so I hate it. I hate it. It's awful not doing that. That's a good idea, though, in general, of splitting it up so that you have... Right staff members available for specific mm-hmm. roles yeah uh so i really i really like that but it's just annoying that it won't let you do that like it'll still do official rankings for three two pyrus cube are there other other methods uh the last one is name optimized oh so those other ones weren't name optimized at all uh no this yeah so this sorts of competitors by their official rankings but also minimizes the number of people with the same name in each group that I feel like should be like the default. Yeah, I agree. Like that should be built in. <laughs> um, and like that honestly should be like a default in the balanced option. Yeah. Like even if you are sorting by speed, you should still make some exceptions for rhyme right. overlap. That and the other thing I don't like too is that um, like it does give you nice output of like little slips of paper to hand out to people to tell you when your groups are. But it doesn't do anything about your own custom materials because we have our own uh, template for name tags, and we like to we like to have like the data in Excel form because then we can mail merge it into our template. Yeah. So does it not like export a CSV or anything? It does not. Hmm. Which is a big bummer for me because like I want to be able to use that data in my own systems. You know, assuming that it made data that I could agree with but I generally don't. But even then, like I would love to be able to use Groupifier as a starting point mm-hmm. and then tweak it. So if you were to like design your own Groupifier thing from scratch, oh God. what do you think is like, <laughs> what, what is your algorithm for sorting people? I want to be able to pick the algorithm for every round in, like individually. Okay. First off. And I think the one that I would want added is closest to advancement for things like three blind. But uh, the other things too, the, the Groupifier also has like a judge assigning system and it's awful. What happens is that the number of jobs that you get assigned to me doesn't seem equal at all. Like per person or? Yeah. Like, is it trying to be like proportional to the number of things you compete in? I would no, assume. No, it's just trying to put like the people who are free on all the jobs from what I've seen. Oh. <laughs> when I've been to competitions, I've used it. It seems to like just take advantage of people who are technically free and just gives them jobs. And if you're busy the whole time, like if you're signed up for a lot of events and maybe, maybe it does try to keep it balanced, but it's just, I've been to competitions where I sign up for everything and it can't find me enough things to do. Even if, even when sometimes they're balanced, um, it doesn't consider the schedule. So like there'll be like, say a competitor that like did three by three and then it assigns them to judge mega makes, which is like near the last event of the day. And they're not there. Yeah, that makes sense too. Um, so I would really love a, a, an option to just make it like judge for judge or help for every event you compete in. And then, yeah. And then you can also do stuff like everyone who judged in or everyone who competed in this event is going to help in the next or in this yes. round. Oh my or god! Group or whatever. Yeah. In this group, yeah, is going to do it in the next, and that makes it way easier. Right, because when you can easily communicate that, 
It's so much easier. And granted, you can turn off job assignments on Groupify and only just assign groups and then just use that system yourself mm -hmm. and just tell them when they're supposed to do it. But even then, like when you give them the little group cards, it'll the whole judging column will be blank then, I'm pretty sure. Oh, and that makes people think that they're not going to judge. Yeah, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> so that's not great. Well, anyways, I don't, I don't know if that's true for sure because I can't verify. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm... I, I find it not di terribly difficult for me to do my own assignments myself. So I just do it myself. <laughs> it's, 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 it would be really nice if like somehow I could use Groupify as a starting point and then just tweak on top of that. That, that seems like it would be ideal. Like just having a CSV export option would, would make so much nicer. Even the ability within the application to like tweak stuff yourself and manually move people mm -hmm. across groups would be really nice. Because I mean, like I get a lot of people that request in advance, like, hey, we're coming in a little late in the morning. Can you make sure that they're in the last group of the first event? And I can't with Groupifier. I mean, I can just say, ignore the card and you're in this group. But you know, it's just a lot nicer because I mean, there are certain one-off requests that you need to make sure people are in certain groups for certain reasons. And that I think the big killer to me is that I just can't interact with our name tag templates. I'm a little concerned about WCA's growth currently. Tell me about it. It's it's kind of leveled off. So, so when I talk about when you say that, do you mean the I mean the number of new com yeah, number of new competitors in a calendar year. The number of new competitors per year uh, was, you know, obviously very small. The first big spike was in 2008, where there were roughly around like 20, a bit short of 2,500 competitors that were new that year. And that was like one of the big spikes. 2009, we got very close to five, like 4,000 or so. And then it leveled mm -hmm. off for the next three years at like basically 4,000 new competitors every year. In 2013, there was, it was 6,000 new competitors that year. 2014, 9,000. In 2015, about 12,000. In 2016, 18,000. In 2017, 24,000. So, like, it's not just that there's more compet more new competitors every year, but the increase in the number of new competitors every year was increasing for about five straight years. Right, so it's sort of an exponential growth thing, which you, you might expect, right? Like, as more people become a part of the Cuban community there's more people to refer other people to join and stuff yeah but you know there are <laughs> there are we're a logistical it's a logistical situation here like there is an, a finite number of people that can become cubers in the sense that there are you know six billion people on earth uh but <laughs> also in the sense of just like you know eventually you've reached your potential interest group like you're you're starting to reach some some sort of critical mass well currently this year there have been up to this date, which is basically almost exactly three quarters through the year, we've had 20,877 new competitors so far. And you said last year was 24,000? 26,000. 26,000. Which, if you assume that we have the same growth that we've had the past nine months over the next three, we'll hit 27,000 new competitors this year. So it'll be slightly higher, but that growth rate is leveling off. Yeah, and also generally, um, this is not a great time for new competitors. It's fall, school year just started. Summer is usually where it, it gets carried. I, I mean, it might be pretty close to what it was last year. Okay. Which like, I mean, we're getting 20,000 some new competitors this year. So it's not like cubing is dying, but it's interesting that yeah. it's, the growth is leveling off now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that you have to hit a limit at some point. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's anything in particular that would be causing that, or if it's just sort of a natural limit? I have a theory. Uh, I don't know if it's right or not, but the first big increase from previous years in new competitors was 2013. Okay. 2013 was the year of the Moyu Weilong, the OG Weilong. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you remember, but when Moyu hit the scene... We went from like new a new three by three like every six to nine months to a new three by three like every few weeks. Yeah, I remember that. And new hardware just naturally increases interest in the community. So what's interesting to me 
is that um, we're leveling off again. And I wonder if that's reflective, actually, of the fact that hardware is kind of slowed down recently. Yeah, for 3 by 3 at least. For a lot of things, to be honest. I feel like there are still some... I guess I haven't... I don't pay as much attention to the other things that aren't 3 by 3 so I... I might be discovering some of the new things much later than other people. I mean, I mean, if you think about like square one, I'm sure there's like the little magic that's newish, um, but it's not like amazing hardware improvement. A lot of people still use the Volt. Megaminx has been Galaxy and the news. They, they make like slightly bigger galaxies with weaker magnets, but it's like it's still Galaxy. Skube, I guess the Aoyan some people are using, the new Moyu one, but like a lot of people are still using wingies. So it's not like it was a big jump. That's a, that's definitely true. There's um do you, what do you why do you think that the increase in like hardware capabilities would lead to increases in growth though necessarily? Um like I can understand people getting excited about it, but it seems like it would mostly be people who already do it. Like that's a good point. What is the conversion rate of people? based on new hardware. Yeah, I guess new, new hardware is more of an interest in people who are into it. But I, the thing is, though, if you're like one of those like people who's into cubing because you're like into hardware itself, like there's a lot of cubers that are like passionate about like following new cubes and new releases and things like yeah. that and collecting. If there's not a lot of hardware av- available, then you might not be that interested in speed solving. Whereas if there's a lot of new hardware that's coming out, it might, you know, fuel your interest into solving more types of puzzles and get you more into cubing that way. And I guess that if you're considering that, like, YouTube and stuff is probably a big source of um, getting more people into cubing. Mm-hmm. When there's not as much new hardware coming out, the types of YouTube videos that are being made That's true too. are going to be very different and yeah. more limited. And so that that could also be a source of it. Like, every time a new puzzle comes out, there's going to be a whole sweep, uh, a whole suite of new reviews that people could potentially discover. Exactly. So if that's slowing down, that would also affect that. Yeah. And I don't know. I've, I've kind of come to the realization, too, that, like, you know, a lot of the reason I was into practicing cubes, say, like, you know, three years ago especially, is that a new cube would come out and I was instantly better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've had that experience in a year now. Like, I don't think there's been a puzzle in any event that has been so good that as soon as I start solving on it, I am like, yes, I am better at this event now, and it is fun to practice it. I I believe it definitely has a uh, an effect. Yeah, I I don't know if it would necessarily like I I it's probably a combination of that and also just like the fact that cubing is catching up with the number of people who can who would ever be interested in it. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, I think there's room to grow more, but I. You know, the, the, the low-hanging fruits are are less uh, plentiful. Might I offer a different theory? Okay, I'm, I'm totally open, because I don't think that's, like, the only possible explanation. I think there's probably plenty. Um, okay, so you said, let's see, 2013 was, like, the first year it started to really yeah, grow? Yeah, the, the growth was very level between 2010 and 2012, and then 13 through 17 was insane growth, and even 18 to some extent, but it, 18 was the first year it kind of leveled off. Well, in 2012, mm-hmm. um, there was this little YouTube channel that started called Colorful Pockets. Uh most of the like the early videos though were closer to 2013. Now, if you'll notice, the growth stopped uh, or at least slowed down significantly from 2018 to 2019. <laughs> if we go to the Colorful Pockets YouTube channel, and you're not me, and you can't see the unlisted videos that I've uploaded recently, <laughs> the most recent video uploaded was late 2018. Now, I'm not saying that the entire growth of the WCA is thanks to this one YouTube channel from uh, this this creator, mm-hmm. but I'm also not saying it's not. Well, to be fair, uh, you know, growth was pretty level in the WCA from like 04 to like 07. <laughs> one of the biggest uh-huh. jumps was 08 which was the year oh. I was competing first. And then 09 <laughs> was another big jump from 08. But then 10, 11, 12, which were the three years I wasn't competing, were all pretty level. Hmm. And then ever since then, we've had more new competitors every year at alarmingly high rates. 
Interesting. So it means I'm quitting cubing soon if this does level off. It's <laughs> clearly what oh, this no. means. The first unlisted video I uploaded after my last like real upload was is titled Rob's Challenge Pen Capping WB one point nine one. Rob's Challenge Pen Capping. <laughs> Were there actually like three people there to do two pen caps? I think it was, or it's the other way around, two people doing three pen caps. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. You're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, three people doing two sounds like really weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got One this cube. Grabs both I got this caps, cube, you yeah. got this cube, and you cheer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you're unaware, Rob's challenge is an interesting challenge where uh, for any event, you get two people together and three puzzles or scrambles or attempts of it. And you time yourself in solving all three. And the challenge of it is that, you know, you can each start one of the, you know, you each fully do two of the three. But then the third one, like the optimization is like, how do you split that one up so that, you know, it's not one person watching doing the third? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what could actually explain the uh, change in the growth. I don't I feel like it's uh, it could have something to do with like the publicity, like the fact that world records maybe are slowing down a little bit. Um, that is and there's true. Like less publicity from that. But I mean, it could be that the most recent world record like didn't really have a good video. I don't know how much that would have to do with it. The most recent three by three world record. I mean, yeah, the, um, the thing is though, 10, 11 and 12 were very slow years in growth. And that was when Felix was breaking things left and right. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's definitely slowed down as of late too, but I don't know. It's kind of weird. I guess I think it'll really take more time to see what the overall trend is like a few more years. Yeah. Because it's also possible that this is just like a fluke year for whatever reason. Yeah, and it, it or spikes like crazy the next. Yeah, or that this is like the natural cap or something. Yeah. So even if we do get some more new hardware and stuff and there are more world records, then maybe this will just be where it ends up staying. Oh, wait. Well, here's another obvious one. What if competitions are just now more regularly hitting competitor limits? And like we could take on new competitors if there was space. That would be an interesting one to see the data on. Yeah, for sure. Like, are we hitting limits more regularly this year than we were in previous years? Meaning that, um, like, there would have been more new competitors if they had the chance to register for a competition that had already filled up. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, I mean, that, that can't explain everything, but that has to have some impact. Because I, I know that there's a lot of regions in the U.S., at least, that are struggling with limits. Speaking of new hardware, by the way... Mm -hmm. I have heard rumors of a MoU clock coming out very soon. Wasn't that three years ago? These are fresh rumors. Fresh rumors? Uh, fresh rumors uh, okay. told to me by an undisclosed person at an undisclosed competition this past weekend. You can probably figure that part out. <laughs> well, especially because you said this past weekend, you <laughs> idiot. <Yeah. laughs> like, come on. <laughs> um. But yeah, I heard I heard that there would be new MoU clocks possibly within the next few weeks uh, from someone on the inside. Well, then that is weird. I mean, to some extent, you know, they, all the puzzles have gotten so good. I guess they were just kind of like, well, f it, I guess we'll do clock now. finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be my bad prediction of the day. Uh, <laughs> that in the next month we hear about a new MoU clock. Yeah. Moyu clocks released, or at least at the very least, like announced in a serious way, like with a release date or something within the next month. Well, my bad prediction of the day <laughs> is that there will be th uh, over 30,000 new competitors by the end of the year. We'll, we'll take that. Yeah, we know there's 20,000 so far and 30,000 is like pretty unbelievable but it wouldn't be out of the question if it happened and it's also a round number uh were you planning on that prediction going into this or did it just occur to you during our discussion i totally forgot that i needed to make a bad prediction and i just made it up right now <laughs> nice yeah well hey it works um <laughs> did we get the data on those ufc fights by the way i don't yet i believe they're they, it is happening very shortly 
because I saw I saw a Facebook picture of Callum and Martin at the UFC fights. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I think we are just a little too timely to hear the results of that. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that soon. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I guess since you've already gone ahead and done your prediction of the day, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and lodge my uh, Martin Egdal of the day now. All right. I guess I don't really lodge it in the same way that you lodge your predictions. Uh, it's, it's more of like commenting on it. Uh, it's not like I'm I'm submitting my Martin Eggdoll of the day for for review. You may lodge predictions, but I house mine. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to give an update on something we talked about a while ago, which is that one of Martin's worst events, possibly his worst at the time, mm-hmm. was multi-blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned that you knew he was going to be getting better at that soon. And sure enough... He's had several new PRs since then. The most recent one at John Culping side events 2019, which was in early August. So I'm a little bit late to this, of course, but um, I just wanted to check back in on it because mm-hmm. it's been much longer than that since we last talked about this. He now has a 24 out of 27 in 5332, which rather than being at like 300th or something in the world like he was before, that puts him at 51. So that's a big improvement in his rank. Yeah. And his current sum of ranks per average is 803 disgusting despite not having a four blind mean disgusting yeah gotta get that four blind mean andrew me yeah i have to get yeah. it push it up by one <laughs> uh that's a good point <laughs> i could unnemesize him as well <laughs> yeah i think that's the only thing i'm holding on to at this point but yeah just want to give a little update 803 that's really low i don't remember what it was last time but that just seems lower potentially or higher now that Four blind mean and five blind mean have been added. I think that the improvement in his... Wait a minute. Is multi-blind not included in his average? I guess it wouldn't be. His single is 816, so very close as well. Yeah, that's got to be improved by like 200 or something. Uh, It's time for a surprise segment, Andrew. What's that? Uh, It's the forgotten at the beginning of the episode world record of the day. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Uh, Stanley Chapel got a four blind world record mean. Wait, I didn't even hear about this. <sighs> you doofus. Is that one twelve fifty five mean? He just gets them so often. I feel like they yeah. get like confused now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like, oh yeah, Stanley Chapel got another one. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah that's that's so, happened already. So just just to formalize what we've said here, we've had two world records. We've had Sebastian Viers. <laughs> four by four eyes open single and stanley that's not how you spell that chapels okay you could say stanley chapel you don't need to slow down come on <laughs> four by four blind i i closed you're just talking slow to make it not sound like you don't know how to say Sebastian Fire. Single. <laughs> Average. Average. <laughs> mean. <laughs> mean. Whatever. This is maybe one of the strangest episodes we've recorded. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Title the episode, What Happened? Um, <laughs> For anyone that uh, didn't know, I, I I posted this in the subreddit, but a couple days ago, I turned in uh, a exam for my PhD program. It was an exam that over the span of two weeks in which I wrote 60 pages of uh, stuff on research journal articles and stuff like that. So my brain is fried. <laughs> you have no excuse. Oh, get off me. We're doing multiple per episode now. <laughs> oh God. Is this such a rare event now? Like two numbers in sequence would have happened so often. I would have figured it out by like one episode is what I'm doing now. So rare that you could do multiple per episode. I think so. Okay. Interesting. Not gonna, I'm not going to do it every single time because I'm sure I'll miss them again. Like <laughs> like last time. But uh, this one's not going to be necessarily just the first in the episode. Right. Yeah. I'll give more data for our listeners, because I also think this one's a little bit fuzzier. (laughs) My brain is fried. Interesting. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Alternative title, My Brain is Fried. <laughs> I don't know how to put the ding in the title. <laughs> My Brain is Fried. <laughs> now, what if I say it like a robot? My Brain is Fried. <laughs> My brain is fried. <laughs> okay, this is weird. <laughs> Why are we doing this, Andrew? Wait, one more time. This one's going to sound interesting. <laughs> My brain is fried. <laughs> what? what? No, it, didn't, it didn't sound... Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> well, the bell's nope. broken, guys. I guess we're going to have to stop the podcast. <laughs> what have you done? What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Something got stuck. <laughs> I think it's good now. Well, uh, this was fun. Yay. <laughs> that one doesn't count. Don't don't put that one in your data, listeners. <laughs> The bell is working. The show will go on in another two weeks from now or what? however long it takes us. I don't know. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go grab those and just check. Break music. It's the break music. Break, break music. Break, break music. Break music. Break music. Break music. Break music. Break music. Break music.